Welcome to All Places Together. Here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, whatever you are, take a deep breath. We're joining with creation. It's Animal Week. I'm so excited to welcome Dr. Jessica Staley to All Places Together. Jessica has been practicing veterinary medicine in the Roanoke Valley for 17 years and specializes in small animal internal medicine. In addition to her work, she is an avid runner with her husband, and they love to cook Asian food as well in their kitchen. And she has told me about some local great spots to be able to get supplies to do that well here at home. They also, as a family, love to travel, to ski and snowboard, and she says that her absolute favorite place to be is the beach. Thanks for joining us, Jessica. Thanks, Colleen. So tell us, where is home for you and what makes it special? Home is here in Roanoke. We have lived here for almost 18 years, and uh, we came here, moved here after I graduated from the vet school at Virginia Tech. Uh, I am originally from Pennsylvania, but we've lived here long enough that Roanoke's home. Uh, we love the area. We love the scenery. We love the things to do. Um, my mom loves it here. She comes to see us frequently. <laughs> so um, it, this is home. Um, it, it's just we love it here. Where in Pennsylvania are you from? I'm from Pennsylvania, too. Uh, York, so south of Harrisburg. Okay, very good. I'm from Erie up by the lake. Yep. Uh, but my mom comes here frequently about every other month or so. She wants to come down and see us. So That's awesome. Well, and since the focus is animals, I should ask, do you have pets at home? We do. We have a seven-year-old pug named Pippa, about a three-year-old lab named Toby that we adopted from the shelter right before COVID, oh. a, a cat named Oscar, and a hamster named Raphael. Wonderful. What a great little family. So this week is our final week in the celebration of the season of creation here at All Places Together. We have celebrated planet Earth, humanity, sky, and mountains, and now this week we are all about the animals. And we're about the animals this week because October 4th is St. Francis of Assisi's Saint Day. Francis was born into a wealthy family in the late 1100s, so quite a long time ago. But he gave up his wealth and his inheritance in order to serve people in poverty. In addition to this ministry, he was also deeply passionate about God's creation and animals in particular. And so this is why so many Catholic, Episcopal, and Lutheran churches do a pet blessing in October. Today, Jessica is going to share with us some of the ways that she has experienced God's love and grace through animals, but we're going to start with hearing some words from what the Bible has to say about animals. So we're going to read from Psalms today, and the book of Psalms is a collection of 150 ancient songs and prayers that were part of Jewish worship. Though many of them are said to have been written by King David, Scholars now believe that they were written by a variety of authors all across um, history and in some different locations as well. There are many types of psalms, 
One scholar in particular categorizes them as glad, mad, and sad. And then there's the ones that offer praise as well. And we're going to hear a praise psalm today. Jessica, would you read Psalm 148 for us? Absolutely. Psalm 148. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise God in the heights. Praise the Lord, all you angels. Sing praise, all you hosts of heaven. Praise the Lord, sun and moon. Sing praise, all you shining stars. Praise the Lord, heaven of heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, who commanded, and they were created, who made them stand fast forever and ever, giving them a law that shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and fog, tempestuous wind, doing God's will, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds, sovereigns of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the world, young men and maidens, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, whose name only is exalted, whose splendor is over earth and heaven. The Lord has raised up strength for the people and praise for all faithful servants, the children of Israel, a people who are near the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Goodness, whenever I hear that psalm, I always get these two images from Disney movies from my childhood. I see like the underwater symphony of the Little Mermaid when they're singing under the sea. Yes, I see that. (laughs) And then mix that with like the Savannah chorus of the Lion King when they're singing, I just can't wait to be king with Simba. I didn't think about that, but I agree. (laughs) I get these images of all of these animals singing from all of these different places, but probably in real life, right? Like animals don't usually break into choreography. Not usually. Not usually on their own. (laughs) So in your experience, Jessica, how have you seen animals praising God? So I think that... Things when I watch animals do things, particularly if they're outside or they are, you can just watch them soak up their environment. So whether it's a dog rolling in the grass and he he or she is just, you know, just enjoying that. They're just soaking up that environment that God created. You know, they, whereas we don't want to get our feet wet or we don't want to get dirty, they don't care. They're like, this is great. Or I want to roll in the sand or swim in the ocean. They they want that moment. You know, they want to take advantage of that moment. And you can see the joy on their face, whether it's, again, rolling in the grass, rolling in the sand, something like that. I just, when I see them, your heart is like, oh, they love their life, you know? Yeah. So that's where I think that animals should remind us to just take a moment and soak it all in. Right. That that moment of just being there in nature and not feeling like you have to hurry on to the next Correct. thing yep. to just be present. Absolutely. I know often when we're walking our dog, Luna, sometimes it's on like the time crunch. So it's like, oh, no, like we don't have time to sniff every single little thing right now. <laughs> no. But like she loves it and she wants to. That's what they want to do. They want to just soak all of that in and they want to meander on their walk and do things like that. And I think they should remind us sometimes we should meander a little more or get our feet dirty or, you know, things like that. 
have you seen in your work or in your family life too with your pets ways that animals embody God's love in the way that they interact with each other or the way that they interact with people? Every day. Yeah. Because the one thing I think animals show us is it's unconditional. They don't care what we look like in the morning. They don't care what we're wearing. They don't care how much money we have. They don't even care that I go to work all day as long as I come home and we play ball in the yard. I'm forgiven every day if there's yeah. something that maybe I didn't think I met an expectation for. Um, and at least in my house, as long as I'm there at the end of the day and there's a bed to sleep on, they don't they don't care. Uh, so that kind of that unconditional love, which something I always tell my clients is like they love you unconditionally and even at the end when it's so hard to say goodbye, we're loving them unconditionally back so yeah. that we can, you know, give them their peace and dignity. But you also see them, I mean, therapy dogs, all of those dogs that go out and do things for us unconditionally. They just want to be there. I think that has to speak something for a higher power because it just doesn't happen. You know what I mean? It's sure. created somehow. Yeah, that that, that it, bond has to right. be nurtured. Yeah, somebody has to help create that bond. And that human-animal bond is incredible. There's just so much that we actually learn about the human-animal bond now, about how it helps people, how it helps people recover from injuries, from mental illness, from PTSD, from being alone. Um, during COVID, just so many people have been alone and having that furry friend next to them has probably saved their life. Yeah. You I know? Just as you were saying that, that's what I wanted to ask next, like especially over this past year and a half as we've lived through and continue to go through this uh, period of pandemic, like what have you seen of the importance of pets in people's homes? People don't want to be lonely. So for people who are single, widowed, um, even people who have chronic health conditions who've been unable to get out during COVID for risk, having that, that pet at home has helped them maintain some semblance of a normal life and mental health. We even know just petting your dog can reduce your blood pressure by you know, a significant amount. So even at work, we have days where we're super stressed. And oh. I know if I just climb in a cage and pet a dog, I can just feel that stress just wash away. It's insane, but it yeah. you just feel it. You know, you're stressed, your heart's racing sometimes, and you'll just climb in a cage with a dog yeah. and start petting it, and it'll lay down in your lap, and you can just feel that wash away. And we know that happens for almost everybody. I don't know anybody who has a pet that doesn't say that that happens. So I think, you, especially for people this past year, having that at home um, has allowed them to maybe even stay alive, you know, keep their mental health intact. To feel something that you have someone to take care of. Right. And that you have to keep yourself well enough to, Absolutely. to get out of bed, to feed the animal, get the water. I mean, even if it's like a fish or a gerbil, something Absolutely. that's smaller. Something even. small. I think, too, animals have this incredible ability to go the opposite direction, to stay alive for people. We oh. see animals with conditions that they really shouldn't live as long as they live, but I think they stay alive for the owner. I think they mm. have some sort of innate push that they can keep themselves healthy enough and well enough to be with that owner 
almost to like they know that the owner is okay letting go, you know, kind of, kind of creepy a little bit, but you fascinating. Yeah. I think I know in my experience as a pastor that I've seen that in some families when there might be an elderly family member who is nearing death, but they're waiting for like that last child to be able to make it in or to be able to say goodbye or, or even sometimes the opposite. They want to see everybody, but then they actually want to be alone when they pass. But I think that holding on until we think we see that in people like holding on until the moment seems right. So as we know, how much um, emotion animals have. It only seems natural that that would make sense that animals would have that as well. They do. We see it routinely, I think. So do you have particular stories or instances that come to mind about owners and their pets or maybe even owners isn't the best word, but pet parents. It. Yeah. Pet parents. Yeah. <laughs> I always call myself like a millennial dog mom. Um, but where you just see like God's love and grace in that moment, if there's been like any unique or really powerful stories or families that stand out to you from your years of medicine. There are so many people. I think my best description really comes from one of the reasons I started doing veterinary medicine. I started in college just working as a receptionist and I worked for a husband and wife team that were just really fantastic. And I was not one of those. I wanted to be a vet since a little kid. I actually didn't decide to go until like the end of my senior year of college. I was a biology major and I was going to be a teacher. I was going to teach biology and chemistry. Okay. Um, And the the circular story that I see over and over and have had the opportunity to see through my career is this incredible ability for us to open our hearts to a pet, knowing that pet's not going to live to be 70 or 80, um, knowing that that pet hopefully is going to live into their teens, but sometimes not. And then watching that circle come back around, watching people mm-hmm. be able to open their hearts up again to another, another friend is kind of what I like to call it. Um, and that is incredible for me because some people, I've had people euthanize their animal at eight o'clock in the morning and show up at four thirty in the afternoon with a new animal. They can't, oh. their heart is so wounded that they have to fill that again. And they're sad, but they're happy. And I've had people that it's six or seven years. I don't see them. And all of a sudden they're back in my office with a new friend and, watching them be able to fill their heart over and over again with a new friend is I think one of the reasons I love science obviously I love the medicine part but watching that happen that circle happen over and over again being able to reassure clients after all this time that you know even people most people that say I won't ever get another pet I know they'll open their heart up the right time and the right place and the right friend will be there and they'll open their heart again to receive that friend. And they're like a new person when they come in with that new friend. So I think that's not a specific story, but it's like the story that happens over and over. Um, And as sad as it is to say goodbye, you see that recreation happen so frequently. I mean, it's almost like its own version of the Easter story. I get that. Yeah, that's kind of it. 
Yeah, that or or at least it falls kind of like within that pattern of things that it is time to say good. Sometimes it, it is time, it's time to, to say, say goodbye. Yeah, that they are in so much pain or they're old or, you know, whatever the situation may be. And it's so hard to say goodbye. It is. But that there can be new life on the other side of that. And I, that's different from humans because when we say goodbye to, not all the time, but when we say goodbye to an individual, typically they're older mm-hmm. and you, you're not going to fill that void with another person. Correct. Does that yes. make sense? Yes. So you won't fill that void with another person. Your heart will heal. You'll have sadness and grief, but you don't fill that void with another person. Yeah. Uh, but with animals, it's just so different because um, I have a client right now. She's 80. She got two new dogs, oh. you know. It doesn't matter what age you are. It seems like people always want to have that that warmth in their heart for that that furry friend. Yeah. Like your heart just is able to yeah. like open and expand yep. and that joy that that animals bring is just incredible. And I do think too what you were saying about God bringing animals into our life at the right time. I know for Nick and I, we each grew up with dogs and Nick has wanted a dog. I mean, since when we were still dating <laughs> and I just kept saying, no, like not until we're married or not until we have a house and Literally the weekend that he moved um, into our our home for where we were before this, we were like, okay, it was May. And we're like, all right, in July, we'll start seriously dog, like looking for a dog to adopt. And it was like literally the next week we saw Luna on Facebook and I was like, I think this is our dog. <laughs> well, I had mentioned earlier, we had a chocolate lab pretty much all the way through veterinary school. My husband and I adopted him at the end of my first year. He lived to be just about 15. So he saw us through graduate school, marriage, the loss of parents and grandparents, the birth of our children. You know, he was just there. He was a fixture in our home. And even as an elderly dog, you know, he was in our bed or on his bed in the living room. It took us six years to find our next lab. So almost six And I just wanted to wait. And when we walked into the shelter and Toby was there, it just, it was right. You just, it's this crazy feeling you have in your heart. And this is our next dog, you know? So I think that's special. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. So do you think that there's particular lessons that people can learn from animals as far as, you know, living out love or taking care of creation, living in balance with creation. I mean, there's obviously a lot we can learn from animals, but on those themes, are there lessons that we can learn? We talked unconditional love. Yeah. Probably more so than any time ever. This is the time to have that conversation, Mm -hmm. seeing things that are just going on socially in our world, trying to step back and think about unconditionally looking at human beings, not judging people, not caring what someone wears or what kind of car they're driving, enjoying the moment, Mm -hmm. taking more time to enjoy the moment. Um, We never know how many moments are going to be here. So especially with COVID, seeing things that have happened, I think people should should realize we don't know how many moments we have and animals should show us that. One thing COVID, the other thing I thought about is with COVID, a lot of animals have been home with their owners a lot. 
So we are seeing animal anxiety sort of escalate with either A, owners going back to work or B, some animals I think aren't used to having someone around all the time. My dogs are a little stir crazy when we're around all the time. They're used to being in their crates while we're at work. So when we're there all day for four days in a row, everybody seems a little bit weird because their crate time is their time. That's their time. They sleep in there while we're at work and we get out and we do our walk and we do our ball. So for owners to remember that although our pets really love us unconditionally, they still have their own mental health to think about. So remembering to exercise them, even if we're home all day, get out for that walk, play ball, go to the dog park, whatever that pet enjoys. So we, we want to enjoy them as much as possible, but make sure they have what they need to enjoy and keep them mentally healthy because we have seen more anxiety. Sure. Just because life lifestyles have changed because of COVID. So making sure we keep them on track with their schedules and their exercise. And if they're used to going to the dog park and playing with other dogs or going to doggy daycare, doing things like that, keep them on track with that so that they can stay mentally healthy. Yeah, and I think that balance for us for people as well, like as we are transitioning into, I think another, what's looking to be a very difficult fall and maybe a hard winter, like what are those touchstones of our daily rhythms that are important that we maintain, that we're taking care of our bodies, our minds, and maybe it has to look a little bit different because of the pandemic, but, but holding on to those things as caring for ourselves because we are so beloved of God. Um, that our bodies and the bodies of all of the creatures in the world are beloved of God and and caring for all of these bodies is holy and important work. Absolutely. So speaking of taking care of animals' bodies, is there a concrete way that people might be able to help care for animals this week and maybe perhaps particularly animals in need? Animals in need, all of our shelters need things. Mm. Food, uh, donations. Uh, The Roanoke Valley SPCA, you can even do Amazon Smile with them. You can ship to them directly with Amazon. Not a huge plug for them. All of the shelters uh, will take donations, particularly they almost all of them have food pantries now for people in need where people who need food, can't afford to buy it, can come in and shop at the food pantry for their pet and... Just looking at ways like that, uh, we love St. Francis of Assisi. They're the service dog industry, but we we know they they also accept donations, and those service dogs are obviously always in need, but our shelters are always overflowing with animals. Uh, that, And we're trying to support the community for people that are in a different income that can't afford pet food or can't afford veterinary care. There are funds in the Valley, like the Compassionate Care Fund at the SPCA, Angels of Assisi, uh, where people can seek care for their pet. And one of our biggest things as veterinary community right now, knowing how busy we've been with COVID and how at our office, just for a regular wellness appointment, it's a two or three week wait. We want pe- to encourage people to to get that wellness care. Uh, there are many times that I find something abnormal on a wellness exam And if that owner had waited and not done that wellness exam for six months or a year, whatever I found may have turned into something a lot bigger. So using the resources, no matter what those resources are that you need, um, I always tell my clients that, that we want you to use the resources available to you to get that wellness care so that if your pet has something that we find on exam, we can hopefully take care of it. 
Um, but be understanding with us because we, all of the veterinary clinics in the community, and this is nationwide, we are having staffing shortages, doctor shortages. Uh, so some of our appointments are booking out and we know people are frustrated. We try to save sick pet spots for same day. And we want to encourage people to call ahead, you know, call your veterinarian, book ahead so that we can get you in for just like us, they're reminding people to take care of us. A lot of people have skipped wellness because yes, of COVID. I have. Take care of yourself. I'm catching up. <laughs> Catch up on your wellness. And we want people to do the same thing for their pets. Also remembering having a relationship with your veterinarian um, helps us be able to help you better. So when I see that pet on an annual basis, sometimes there's something that comes up where I can, you know, help that pet before the exam hmm. that they've scheduled, you know, whereas if I've never seen that animal before, it's hard to help. So that would be my big encouragement is use our resources here in the Valley. If you're able to donate somewhere, donate because there's always an animal in need somewhere. And most of our shelters are always needing something. You can always call and ask because sometimes they need beds. Sometimes they need towels. Sometimes they need litter. Sometimes they need food to fill their food pantries, just like on the human end. Of course. I didn't ever think about that before of there being food pantries for animal food, but that makes perfect sense that they're they're hungry too. And, and people who are food insecure are going. To, a lot of those people still have a pet, so they're going to have trouble feeding their pet if they're food insecure for themselves. So, sure. uh, those resources are available in at multiple shelters in the Roanoke Valley. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for taking time out to be with us here at All Places Together to share your love of animals and just tell us these these lovely stories about how God is at work in all of all of these amazing creatures. Thank you so much, Colleen. It was great to talk with you. God, our creator, help us to love all creatures as kin, all animals as partners on earth, all birds as messengers of praise, all minute beings as expressions of your mysterious design, and all frogs as voices of hope. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. The All Places Together Pet Blessing is this Tuesday, October 5th at 8 p.m. on Facebook Live. The custom animal tags are in and I cannot wait to celebrate your pets. You can sign up your pet via the link in the show notes. And y'all, an update from last week, when we recorded this outro, there are still no cats signed up. Surely some of y'all have cats that you want blessed. 
Or are we really just dog people here? I'm very, very curious. I want to say thank you to the Virginia Synodical Women's Organization who had me as their keynote at their annual fall convention last week. It was a joy to be with you all and to share the story of all places together with you. I hope that you're holding on to that affirmation of God's love for you and that you'll invite a friend or family member to check us out. To continue to see all places together grow, you can give through our website. Scroll to the bottom where it says give to all places together and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. Thanks to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and people like you who have shared contributions. We know it can be hard to give financially, so we celebrate all of the ways that you share the stories of all places together with the people in your life. I hope that you'll share this podcast with your fellow pet and animal lovers in your life. Tag them on our post on Facebook so they can get connected and just hear this amazing reflection of God's love in animals around us. And until next time, remember that God is with you and God loves you wherever, whoever, however, and whatever you are.